going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. My name is John Kroom and if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, it really helps out a lot. And I know you guys keep coming back week after week and you haven't hit that subscribe button yet and it only takes five seconds. So you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give you those five seconds to hit that subscribe button. So here we go. All right, now that you've hit the subscribe button, let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. And we chat about one of the hot topics in cycling right now, and that is the ODA, the Olympic Development Academy. USA Cycling has just released this program where you can apply and then you spend $10,500 to be a part of this program, which hopefully takes your cycling to the next level. And this left a poor taste in a lot of people's mouth right off the gun. And honestly, it's it's a hot topic because how is this creating you know inclusiveness? How is this how is this bringing juniors into the sport? Well, now with the education that USA Cycling has given in this podcast, I kind of have a change of heart. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of on board with this ODA program. I think it could do some good, especially if they use the scholarships the way they say they're going to use the scholarships here in this podcast. I mean, it makes sense. It gives that opportunity for that junior, that in-between level that doesn't really want to race club racing anymore and is probably not good enough to make it on some of those junior development teams, an opportunity to develop and work with some of the best coaches in the world. Like even myself, I've reached out to Jim Miller to coach me in the past and he's a busy guy. He's a hard guy to get a hold of. He's a hard gotta get in touch with but we have some of the best coaches on this podcast we have some of the best directors on this podcast that chat about this and we have some of the best people from nika all the way from legion of los angeles all the way from you know racing on proteins such as hink happy and Holoesco citadel that chat about how this is good and honestly how this could be bad for the sport but I think education is key. I feel like this isn't clickbait. This isn't something that I just want you guys to listen and get angry and argue and and fight about. Honestly, this is an educational moment. Like, why is USA Cycling do this? And I feel like they they presented a very good way. And we we presented as best as we can in the little amount of time we have. We we do this in about an hour and a half and we have nine people on this podcast. So it kind of makes it a bit hectic and and trying to get everybody's questions out is a bit hard. So we'll do some follow-ups. But like I said, Said my opinion of this entire thing has changed and I can see it honestly doing some good here in the sport of cycling and I hope it works. I really, really hope it works because when everybody around us gets better, we only get better in that process. So um, anyways, let's dive into the episode. I'll let you formulate your own opinions and uh, yeah, let's get at it. This episode is brought to you by Spot, a zero deductible injury insurance for active people. Literally this time a year ago, I found myself without health insurance and in a sling with a broken collarbone wondering how I was gonna pay for it all. And if I would have had Spot, I would have had to pay nothing out of pocket. It would have been perfect. Now with me riding all disciplines of cycling from mountain bike, gravel, road, track, and as well of me getting into skiing here in Colorado, I'm lucky that I have Spot to cover me for those unexpected hospital visits. Just recently, I actually did crash and I had to get sick stitches in my knee so I'm gonna have to file a claim with spot but I'll make sure to update you guys on how easy that process is gonna be but get spot get hurt get paid for more info go to kroom.getspot.com or just check out the link in the description all right guys welcome back to another episode of coffee and van chats my name is John Kroom and I'm I'm here with a lot of people tonight a lot of a lot of important people um, and not so much and I'm the not so much important person um, but other than that, we're here with Rob, we're here with Jesse Anthony, we're here with Jim, we're here with Neil, we're here with Andrea, we're here with uh, Evan and Ima. So essentially, we're there's been some controversy about this new ODA program, and I've brought people from both sides, for and against. 
And honestly, I think a lot of it has to do with we, we don't have all the knowledge of it, in my opinion. So I'm going to start with Rob. And Rob, if you can just give us a breakdown of, of what, what the ODA is, where it comes from, and yeah, how do, how do we decide on, 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 this, on this format? John, I'll, I'll, first of all, thank you, and thanks for gathering this group. And I will give you some of those answers. I think Jim and Jesse are better positioned because I'm not a cycling coach. I don't have a deep cycling background at all. For sure. What, what, when Jim and I started working together, when I brought him back to, to USA Cycling um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, it, this might be his fault, I'm not sure, but I think it started the week he started. Um, you know, what we talked about was winning. And we talked about winning more than we'd won in the past. Um, and, you know, one of the takeaways was this sport is, I hope, unintentionally exclusive, but it's exclusive regardless of motivation. And, sure. and what I had seen uh, as I got to know the market was many of our athletes had some things in common. They typically came from another sport because we don't have the benefit of the traditional high school infrastructure that many sports have. So they came from soccer, they came from cross country, they came from other places. Um, and they typically had a friend, relative, or close family advisor who had an, an orientation towards cycling. And that's a good thing, there's nothing wrong with that, but think of how exclusive that alone is. For sure. I didn't grow up knowing any cyclists or having any in my lineage, and that's proven regularly. But, you know, we said, look, if we're going to win more, we have to get more kids in the system. And that meant a number of things. It meant partnering with great organizations like NICA. And we had struggled to do that in the past. It meant doing some simple things in-house, like making youth memberships free. And then the third area was how do we get more kids in the development pipeline? I mean, Jim and, and his staff has, we believe, the best coaching capability in this country and arguably in the world. But how do we get, how do we touch more kids with it and let them know that this is a sport? It's not just the, the utensil they use to get to their sport. For sure. And so, you know, I think people, I'd like to hear the argument of why developing top athletes is bad for the sport. Mm. You know, the Fred Dreyer's article in my mind was clickbait because it had a headline that he knew people wouldn't like, but elite athletics in any sport is incredibly expensive and I'm not apologizing for it, but I'm also not going to take the responsibility for that. Talk to a parent whose kid is a hockey goalie at a competitive level. They will stun you with what that costs. For and sure. I'm not saying it's okay. What I'm saying is if we make it more democratic, if people know what it costs, and then we make it participatory, we'll be able to get more kids in the system by saving more powder for kids that can't afford it through scholarships and through financial support. So I don't think we told the story very well, and that's on us, but I don't understand the argument that, that if America does better at the elite level, this sport gets more popular, and the key to being more doing better at the elite level is having more kids in the pipeline. It's a crapshoot business for lots of good reason, but more kids in means more kids at the top in the future. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so I mean, again, I, that's, that's kind of what's behind it. And 
Um, you know, we, we accept that elite athletics in any sport is incredibly expensive. Yeah. So, so either Jim or Jesse, I guess, before we, before we start getting into some other part of the conversation, um, you know, I've paid for a coach. It's, you know, anywhere from 150 bucks to a thousand dollars a month. Like, and we've heard stories of juniors paying the same price, right? So the $10,000 and five or $10,500 to me per semester, I can see where that's coming from with top level coaches like yourselves. Um, so where does that number come from? Um, how did we decide on it? And then, you know, what about the kid that, you know, even cause there's only so much scholarship, right? And so this might be a loaded question, but, um, there's going to be somebody that's going to miss out on the scholarship that is talented. That kid beats that kid out of the ODA. What, what happens there? Is the ODA what goes to these world cups or is the ODA what goes to these events or is it going to be the best person at that time? I'm going to jump in because yeah. that in itself is the question. And this is, this is, these are things that Fred knew and Fred chose not to tell the story about, um, you know, we're all, we all can tell the story we want to tell, but, but the structure of this isn't, uh, isn't controversial. Um, if I work just from the top down in a pyramid, you have Olympic games at the top below that you would have world championships below that. You could say you have professional teams. Of course, if you're a professional male road rider, you're going to say the tour of France is above the Olympics. Um, you, we can argue about where that fits, but that's not really the question here. Um, beneath professional level, you have national teams. Beneath the national team, you have these elite uh, junior teams, elite U23 teams, the, the Luxes, the Hot Tubes, Bear Developments, Actions, Avolos. Below those teams, you have the ODA. Um, the challenge that a lot of people have is uh, how do you get access to good coaches? If, if a normal kid calls Neil or I, we're not going to straight away say, yes, we have a, a limited amount of time. We want to coach athletes. We want to coach. Not everybody. We can't do everybody. We don't have that ability. Um, so, so where does that kid get that access? Uh, if you're not one of the chosen ones that gets to, to ride for Lux or action, um, you're not one of the nine. Who do you ride for? Where do you go? What races do you get into? Yeah. If, if Lux has to choose between seven and eight riders, they have seven. There's, there's two riders, seven and eight, and they choose the rider on the right, but they don't choose the rider on the left. I guarantee you those riders are almost identical. They're almost identical in what they're capable of accomplishing. Mm -hmm. They're identical in where they're at in their development. They're identical in what they're capable of doing. One gets the opportunity, one doesn't. 365 days from now, the one that got the opportunity is going to be way better than the one that didn't. They were no different. They started off no different. Mm -hmm. So all, all I'm doing with the ODA is saying, hey, look, the ODA is an opportunity for you to say, you know what? I want to develop. I want to do this sport. I want to pursue this sport. I want to have access to good coaching. I want to have access to good racing. I want to have access to good races. I want to have good access to good training groups and training camps. And I want access to, to sports science and to aerodynamics. You know what? You take an ODA kid 
Or you take a kid that, that doesn't have an ODA as an option and you put him in a time trial against a Lux kid, he'll never beat him, ever beat him, even if he produces more power. You give me an athlete with it in a time trial, um, chances are with my athlete, you'll never beat him because we'll be so good on aerodynamics that you will never have a chance, mm-hmm. period. That's, that's the game. But with ODA, I'm leveling the field and saying, hey, you know what? We're going to give you access to all these coaches. We're going to give you access to, to myself. We're going to give you access to races, opportunities, um, sports science, training camps, training groups, education, knowledge, experience, everything that, that you can't get to. And, and you're going to get to continue your development. Um, and it's not to take anything away from, from those good teams. Our goal with the ODA is to put you into a Lux team to put you into action, to put you into these teams that will help take you a next step, to, to take you a step further. The national team sits above that, so the national team is going to say, hey, these are the, this is the group of athletes we pull from. Um, these are the groups that really have the opportunity to ride in the national team. Uh, I, would, I would argue that somebody who joins the ODA probably isn't going to get in the national team right away anyways. That wasn't an option for them. That, that's, a, that's a very tight, exclusive group. By nature, that's a pyramid. That's what happens in life. You know, as you go yeah. higher up the pyramid, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher. And that's just how it is. Um, yeah. So the national team's job then isn't to hoard all the talent and to own everything. The national team job is to push athletes into pro teams so they can have careers. They can, they can make a living. They can buy a house. They can have, get married. They can have kids. They can do the things that, that normal people do, that normal professional athletes do. That's the national team's role. And then from the professional teams, then yes, you're, you're picking world championship teams and you're picking Olympic teams, and, and that's sort of the order to this. So the ODA actually has nothing to do with the national team. I will say that I think one of the big values of the ODA, <coughs> I've been on the phone all day, sorry. No worries, yeah, no worries. Uh, I'm, I'm like a professional Zoomer at this point. I should have your microphone. <laughs> right on, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get you a monster fridge as well. So. Yeah. The, the benefit of the ODA is, is, look, we have national team camps. You know, a good instance is national team track camp, team pursuit. You were part of this, John. Yeah. I had elite guys at those camps. I had 24 guys in, for seven camps that year in 2017, every single yeah. time. And we went from a very elite team that rode, rode four minutes in, in six months to a junior team, a second junior team. And they were all training together. And, sure. and you will never convince me that those kids that were coming to that junior camp that weren't even the team that went to junior worlds that year didn't benefit from training with elite athletes and seeing how elite athletes train. They, no, they did, did. And they yeah. got better. And, you know, even, even between the juniors and the, the, that elite team of four, there were two teams of elites that were development and guys like you got a chance, right? I mean, there were, there was a, there were 16 guys that were getting a chance to race or to, to train with this group. And collectively that group got better and better and better. And so for me, I'm like with the OBA, this is an opportunity for you to pursue your sport and, and pursue it at a level that's maybe on a level playing field with what your peers get. Um, but, you know, back to this real conversation, um, Fred knew this, Fred knew there were scholarships available. Fred knew that this was not the national team. Fred knew all of this, but Fred chose to make the story sensational and say, it's Mm $10,000, right? Oh my God, and it blew the whole thing up. Um, 
I've spent six months discussing this with everybody to eliminate my confirmation bias that I think this is a way to go. Right. So this, this wasn't like a pull it out of the hat, give it a crack, see how it resonates, see what happens. This was like, Hey, we talked to everybody and anybody that would listen and, and see how they felt about it. Um, even, even further than that, uh, I've really been vetting this and thinking about this for almost a decade. Um, and I'm not the only, I'm, I'm not saying this is an original idea or this is, you know, some guru gem move. This is, this is like, this is replicated and done in NGBs and all different sports all around the world. Yeah. It's, it's replicated in every sport all around the world. Um, when we began the ODA, the very first thing we, we sat down and talked about, I said, look, if you don't get in those teams, what do you do? We don't have an opportunity for you. Our national teams are, are so pared down in development that they're, they're a handful of events and six to nine people get them. Uh, in 2019, we had nine guys at the junior level, road level. Um, when Alma came through Alma, we had how many guys? 20 some, 25 guys that would have had a chance to race for the junior 17, 18 program alone. Yeah. In a single year, something like that. Um, U23 is equal size. We're, we're not there anymore. We're not. We don't have the funding for it. Um, you can say, where'd the funding go? And I would say, well, look, we have every time the, the IOC adds a new sport, a new discipline, a new event, uh, we have to pay for that. We, we have to develop that. And in every single sport, every single discipline, your users are very passionate about their sport. You, John, would talk about track. Alma would talk about road. Jesse would talk about cyclocross. And you would do it all passionately. Mm-hmm. Go to BMX freestyle guy. What are you doing for me? I want to make it to the Olympics. How are you helping me? And it's like, there's only so much we can do. Yeah. Um, so it gets spread out really, really fast. And the idea was, look, we have an obligation as a national governing body to, to field national teams and to do national teams and do world championships and do Olympics. But once you start going below that, it really, really gets thin. And how do you, how do you keep people in sport? And, yeah. and that was really the, the uh, beginning of the ODA. When we sat down, we talked about it. We said, okay, if you're one of these kids that aren't in Lux and you come to the ODA, how do we create a program for you that you go from March to October and when you come out on the other side, you as an athlete have developed. It's not an experience. It's not a two or three or four race day experience and then you fly home. This is a development program, a development pathway. You're going to race, you're going to train, you're going to rest, you're going to race, you're going to train, you're going to rest. It's, it's, it's a pathway. Put it together, build it, build a budget against it. What does it cost? Um, anybody who's run a team knows that, that a team of 10 people, seven athletes, three staff. That's not an exorbitant team. That's not fluff. It's expensive, you know? I mean, one, our house in, in, in Sigurd is $50 a day per person. That's room and board. You, U.S., not Euro. Before food. Go anywhere and tell me where you find a $50 housing and board and tell me the quality and the, and the safety of it. And everybody will laugh and be like, I'm not staying in that place. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cause you know, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. But for 50 bucks, 10 people 
that's $500, seven, seven days, that's $3,500 a week, just for those 10 people to be in that house for one week. So now you start going to races, you start traveling, you have fuel costs, you have vehicle costs, you have service course costs, you have infrastructure costs, you have, you have a ton of costs. Anybody that runs a team knows that the teams are expensive. So we come up, we, we come up with a price of the budget. Uh, I'm a very frugal budgeter. You've traveled with me. You know, I don't stay in luxurious places. It's, it's look, we're here to work. We're not here to vacation. For sure. Um, I'll promise you it's going to be safe, but I won't promise you that you're going to write home and send postcards about where you're at. Yeah. Um, and we end up with a cost. We take that cost and we say, okay, it's, it's $200,000 for this, for this team. That's 20 athletes. That, that's a lot of athletes at $10,000. Yeah. Right. That, 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 that's the cost. Um, two semesters. Now you're at 10 athletes each. That starts to get more reasonable. Um, my, my personal gut when we started with this was, look, I have kids. I have kids that went through club sports. Club sports are amazingly expensive. I've paid the money. I did the same thing that every parent does because you want to give your kids a chance. Um, my threshold was like, what could I afford? And for me, really, it was like, I can stomach 5,000. <clears> but that doesn't get us to that, to that development in then. So we said, okay, let's, let's just share the real cost because that's the real cost. That's not going anywhere. And then let's backfill that with scholarships. <clears throat> and Rob and myself, the foundation, our marketing team, work incredibly hard to raise money. And, and somebody told me, why don't you just get sponsors? And I'm like, oh, geez, why didn't we think of that? Holy cow. We've only been doing this for 17 years. <laughs> I've been in this sport for 25 years and have hunted money my entire time. Um, yeah. Any program we've added, USA Cycling, it wasn't like, hey, we've got an extra $300,000. Why don't you run a team pursuit program? It was like, no, Jim, if you want to run a team pursuit program, go raise the money. And, and oh, yeah, that doesn't count if you don't do it next year and the year after and the year after. So your $300,000 for a team pursuit now is $1.2 million because if you don't do it for four years, it doesn't count. You don't get anywhere. Yeah. So I've hunted money. I know how to hunt money. Um, so our goal was like, okay, let's put the price out there. This is what it really does cost. And then we'll come back and backfill it with scholarships. And we'll, we'll, we'll take a look at merit. We'll take a look at what you've accomplished, but we're also going to take a look at need. And if you need the money, we're going to do our best to get you the money so you can do this. For sure. Um, yes. Can we, can, you know, people say, well, you should pay for this. This is, this is your obligation. It's like, look, this is not an if and or. This is, if we don't do it this way, this thing doesn't exist, period. So, Let's start there. And now let's tackle this thing and see if we can't get to this, get to some middle meeting ground. And if we can, what if we put 80 to hundred kids in these, in these programs? And I'm talking five disciplines. I'm not talking one discipline. I'm not talking men's road. I'm talking five disciplines with, with each discipline having six teams apiece. Um, yeah. th this is, this is what we're trying to build, but we need help to do it. And I think, you know, if, if anything comes out of this, what, what we're really saying to the community is, look, look, we can't do this by ourselves. We fought. We've done it. We've, we've towed the line. We're in the trenches. We're not backing out. We're not bailing out. We're not quitting. But we can't do it by ourselves. Yeah. And so, look, we want to do it, but we want you to help us. We need your help or we can't do it. 
So yeah. this is really where it became. And then, you know, this idea that the national team's for sale, it's not for sale. You have to earn your way there every single step of the way. And I won't, I won't, I will never apologize for winning. You know, this, this winning has became a dirty thing and it's something that you should be ashamed of, but I'm not, and I want to win period. And that's what the national team is for. That's what world teams are for. That's what Olympic teams are for. We're not here to participate. We're here to win. That's, that's the job. That's the game. That's the goal. If that's, if it's not the goal, I would go somewhere else where it is. That's the dead honest truth. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, and Jim, uh, you know, I'm super thankful. Like I've, I've, like, like you said, I was under you during the team pursuit program and, and it was, it was insane. It was, it was a great time. It was, it was, it was literally, I went from riding four fifties to, you know, being one of the better pursuiters against Ashton Lambie, who was world record holder. So like it was, it was a game changer. Um, and so anyways, let's, let's kind of dive into a little bit of some other thought in the sense of now we know the ODA. So we have an idea of it. We've got a grasp of it. We're not just reading some Vela news article that's telling us it's $10,500. We, we, we get it. It's $10,500. But like I pay, I did, I did the math before I got on here. Um, there was times where I was paying anywhere from three to $6,000 a year for coaching. Um, whether that's, um, and that's just coaching and that's, um, strength and individual coach, private coach. So it, it is, that is included with this tuition. And, and just to be clarify, Jim or Jesse is, is it 10th? When you guys say a semester, does that mean like, what is a semester? Like, well, as much as semesters is, as you would a college semester. So okay. January, June, July, December. Okay. All right. So we, so we have that. And so it's, it's, a, it's a semester. And so <clears throat> the rest of the people who, you know, posted and, and honestly, I don't know, you know, everybody's full gut on it, but now we have, we have an idea of what the ODA is. Does anybody have any questions or kind of their thoughts on it? Yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Yeah, here, here we'll start with Evan and then we'll go Ima. So Evan, go ahead. Um, I have two questions. Uh, the first question would be, so is the program 100% funded by the, uh, $10,500 per semester? And that, that's my first question. So. Yep. Unless we can go out and raise more scholarship money, which subsidizes it. Right. Okay. And otherwise, then, like I said, otherwise it just, it does not exist because we do not have the money and we cannot spend money. We don't have. Right. I understand that. And well, I, Jim, I would, uh, I would, the caveat with that is uh, there's a lot of infrastructure and other things that we do have in place already that that $10,500 is not touching. Right. So that 10, that 10, 10, five per rider it, itself, that covers pretty much the rider's expenses and, and gets them through the Academy all year, but USA cycling's infrastructure our personnel coaches, et cetera, that's, all um, beyond that. We are not pulling any allocation to cover overhead at all in the current plan. That's an investment on our part. Yeah, that number is, I mean, I've ran, or I didn't run. I worked closely with our, my former team manager uh, getting a sponsor. I brought our only sponsor to the table and he 
he signed on for two years at 250k a year and then the last two was closer to five and then he took his money uh to hollow esco um so i i do understand how that money you know it adds up really fast and that 10,500 it gets eaten up pretty quick even per rider um so it's I don't want to say it's more palatable, but it's a little more palatable whenever you you think of it in terms of that. It's not just going to X, Y, or Z. It's going to a whole gamut of things, and it it makes a little bit more sense. My I guess my other question is not really a question. It's just more of a a remark. Uh, but that's that's a really tough sell to a lot of people. But I mean, when you have these tough conversations like that to people that are considering it. Uh, and considering it just as another option, I think, you know, you can make the argument for it. And I'm a little, I mean, my original post was not positive at all. Um, and like I was telling John before, it's, I had a lot of time before when I made the post and I had kind of a knee jerk reaction to it. And like, it, I mean, like you guys alluded to, it wasn't really, it wasn't really clear cut initially and the story really wasn't told very well initially. Uh, so I think, you know, conversations like this will really go a long way to just showing people. It's just another option really for those kids mm -hmm. that don't really have an in with the Hincapie junior team, the Lux teams, the hot tube teams, which those are very uh, exclusive teams. Like you said, I didn't come up through those programs. I, I did, you know, I did get to realize my boyhood dream uh, and get paid to race a bike, it wasn't glamorous at all throughout the whole time. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without my parents dropping serious coin on it. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's a tough sell. I, I guess, what would you, how, how would you talk to those people? Like, it's a, you know, they're like, you know, I'm considering it, but, you know, other than everything that you guys have already talked to, I don't want to just rehash that stuff. Like, you're getting mm -hmm. all this stuff, but that's, you know, I don't know. That would be a, I guess it's more or less playing devil's advocate at this point. I don't think it's the only way. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the thing about America is, is you have a lot of opportunity to do things a lot of different ways. I mean, right. I don't know how you race bikes when you were young, but I slept in my car. Yeah, I did. I drove bike yeah. racing. I slept in my car. I did tour in Texas. And if I didn't make at least a hundred dollars, which sounds crazy, but that, but tour Texas was not easy to make money at. I didn't have money to get home. Yeah, same. I was. That's how I did it. That's yeah. how I did it. Yeah. So there's a lot of ways to do it. I'm simply saying that. Look, here's an opportunity for you. It, it may or may not be for you. If you come here, the market and capitalism will always determine whether it has value or, or a place or not. It's not for me to say. Or it's not for you or anybody else to say this is a terrible idea. The market determines that. If if we put out a really good product and you as a, a kid go through this and you come out on the other side and you say, holy crap, I learned a lot. I didn't expect that. That means the market, that, that there's value for that and the marketplace exists. Yeah. And I'm just simply saying, look, we're not trying to get, we're not trying to make money on this. This is not a revenue stream. This is this is simply an opportunity, and we're simply sharing the real cost of athlete development. That's it. That's the down and dirty. <clears throat> and if, you know, the, the agreement we have internally, I mean, there, as Jesse alluded to, this isn't covering overhead. So, so this isn't the real cost. This isn't a real cost for a, a current user. Um, all of our overhead is allocated for. That's why we can do this cheaper than we could if we charged you the real cost. Um, 
which means we're leveraging ourselves. It's we're leveraging Jesse. We're leveraging myself. Uh, we're leveraging every coach we have to be part of this. Gary Sutton, uh, Jeff Pierce. We have we have good coaches that we haven't brought into this and announced yet, but uh, very very capable and very good. Um, and there'll be value there. Uh, the most important thing for me coming from this would would the worst thing that would happen is somebody say, you know what, that wasn't worth it for me. Right. And that that for me would be. Yeah. I'd have a hard time thinking that that would ever be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty confident because I've done this a long time. Uh, I've been I've been in the in the coaching side for 25 years. I'm pretty confident that if you give me a year with you, you won't come out on the other side saying that wasn't worth it. Yeah. So, so I'm a, um, you got a question or remark? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, first off, I just want to say thank you. Um, you know, having, you know, Rob and Jim Miller and Jesse Anthony, um, all together, that's huge, um, for you guys to come over. And obviously it's something important, right? You guys want to make sure that it's done correctly and you guys are all putting it as like the top priority to come together and finally speak about this. Um, you know, one of the, I have a couple questions, but really, um, okay, so the takeoff point of this was pretty important, right? You needed it to um, to be released and for it to be positively received in order for more applicants to come through to um, purchase this essentially like service, right? It's 10,005, you, you want as many people to purchase it as possible so that it can float. Um, when Velo News released this article and it had a wording that was more like negative in terms of like its uh, its diction and syntax, how did you guys feel, right? Um, yeah, I guess that's that's one of the main questions that I have would be like, how did you guys feel when it was released? Uh, Angry. I, I'll tell you, I'm a, I, I, uh, you and I haven't met before, so first of all, nice to meet you. But I was fuming pissed. Uh, I called Jim in the morning when I read the article, and then I called Fred and said, what are you doing? I do find it very ironic that the online chatter has mostly been negative, and the older the person gets from the old system, the more negative. I'm horribly generalizing, but it definitely correlates. I've heard more stories about how I became a bike racer in 1977, and you know what? The world is different. And I find it ironic that the people commenting are complete. I mean, Jim, talk about how many applications you have. Yeah. I mean, if I talk to anybody about this, like, like you guys right now, and I'm sure you came on not really approving of this. Everybody says, Oh, okay. That makes sense. I get it now. Um, You know, with Fred, the, the mistake here was, was, I'm really familiar and comfortable with Fred. Fred called me. He talked to me exactly two and a half minutes, said, hey, I'm going to write this story. Uh, give me a quote. What do you think about this? I gave him one quote, and he wrote a story. I think if you're doing a, a journalistic piece and you're actually reporting on something, you don't spend two and a half minutes with somebody and ask them for a quote and tell the story. My failure is allowing Fred to get off the phone with two and a half minutes, but I'm like, look, I've known Fred for, for t- 10 years never really had a problem with him myself. Um, he'll, he'll write a fair story. He always fared me. Uh, he wasn't fair. That wasn't a fair story. And, and talking to somebody for two and a half minutes is not fair. 
Um, that's that's his in, that's his professional integrity, not mine. I know where I stand. Um, in terms of success of this, I mean, look, we at this moment today we have 453 applicants. So if that tells me that people want to be part of this. They 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 see value in it. They see an opportunity for themselves. They want to do it. Um, one thing we've done for the entire summer is we've we've prepared to roll this out. Is every time we talk to a sponsor, we say, look. The price to come to the table, whether it's national team, whether it's events, whether it's uh, corporate, whatever sponsorship you're a part of, there is a fee to the ODA athlete scholarship that you have to partake in and you have to pay into. And now we can talk about a sponsorship. So we have companies paying into this and we have big companies paying into this who are like, okay, yeah, I'll put in $5,000 for an athlete scholarship. That seems like the right thing to do. And it is the right thing to do. Um, so, you know, look, I guess uh, I'm a to your, to your question. How do we feel about it? Yeah, I was angry, but uh, I'm a master long game I, I, at the long game. I play the long game, I think, as well as anybody plays the long game. Um, short term, I can, take, I can take some heat. I can take some criticism. I know where it's going to be, so I, I can stay the course and, and not, not quiver on it and, and jump in it. I do know that that there are people that are really good at social media and they would jump in this and jump in the fire and, and diffuse it. Um, that, that's not me. That's not my personality. So it's just not how I am. Uh, so I take the heat. I'll take the brunts. I got a really stiff chin. You can hit it hard and I'll come right back. Um, so that, that's what I took. I'm like, okay, look, Fred told the story. He wanted to just tell. Um, good on me for, for uh, oh, bad on me for not, not, uh, spending more time with him, uh, it won't happen again. Um, but in the long run, this is going to be successful and I'm going to make it successful. Yeah. So I know where it's going to be and, and that, that, that's really how I see it. No, yeah, no, that's good, Jim. And so, you know, we got a, we got a few other people in here and I want to make sure that we get, we get everybody, you know, chatted. And, and so, so Neil, um, we, we've met a few times. Um, you've coached probably some of the best world tour cyclists and through the ranks, the hour record, the, um, you know, Taylor Finney, uh, now you're coaching Colby Lang. I mean, you're working with them all. So, um, so yeah, when, when you kind of heard this come out, um, what was your kind of thoughts and, and kind of, you know, what's your thoughts now and, and kind of going forward in, in athlete development? Cause you've developed a ton of American talent. So I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I, I think there's uh, a lot of positive, uh, opportunities that this opens up. Um, I don't think I replied to anything on social media. You know, I, I read through it a little bit, but that's didn't a danger have zone. That's yeah, a danger I, zone. I'm just going to go ahead uh, and say well, on this podcast, the whole reason why this thing came together is because <laughs> yeah. if you post anything on social media, they're only going to fight back with you, even if you're fighting with logic. So hopefully this yeah. puts out logic. I'm going to get a ton of hate and this might cancel me anyway, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I've run around throwing, throwing a few grenades myself. So uh, <laughs> Jim and I generally are on the same page, but a couple of times we've had a, opposing views on, on different things. So um, I have a couple questions though. So again, I, I understand what the real costs are and, and what that work looks like. I also know of how I've actually operated in ways that are far, you know, way below that. You know, I think when I was coaching Taylor Finney to his first Olympic, I was being paid $200 a month. Um, I took seven weeks off work to fly around the world where I was paid for half of that. So as a guy with a young family missing his, 
you know, daughter's two, uh, two, you know, she turned two years old when I was away, uh, not being there and not being paid for, for half that time as a person, you know, with, with, a you know, a job working for a nonprofit on the side, uh, $200 a month, as you can assume, and even working with a few other folks is not really going to cut the mustard. So I've been on the, uh, you know, taking the hit, uh, and working with young athletes and, you know, a guy like Sam Bennett, I coached for three years when he got, uh, when he was on, on post after he got, uh, you know, kind of a, a stagiaire thing fell through and, and, you know, he's ended up doing okay. Um, in the pro tour when, you know, getting to that level. But when I first started working with him, it was a conversation of like, okay, well, this is generally, you know, what I charge, but it's a sliding scale. Like what can you afford to pay that isn't going to make you skip out on like, taking care of your bike, getting a massage, you know, maybe once a month and things like that. And it was 150 bucks a month. And he said, you know, that's, that's what I can do without skipping on something. I was like, okay, well, let's start there. And, you know, if things pick up, then, you know, we go there and there was kind of this scale. So I wonder, you know, how, how those scholarship opportunities are going to be, uh, you know, is it, you know, there's like one scholarship opportunity available and, you know, there's going to be a lot of people turned away potentially just straight up from the financial side. I, the concern that I have is that just straight up, that's a big ask on the front end. And I think more important than that is really what are the, the levels getting towards that point? Because that is a commodity that you're selling. What is the pathway to somebody being willing to make that investment, whether it's the, the parent family, you know, the athlete themselves, like, to me, the opportunities at that lower level, we need to make sure that that expansion and, and, and Rob mentioned Nike, and that's absolutely probably the most fertile ground for, for some of our cycling specific development talent coming into it, though we've a lot of times used, you know, uh, you know, just finding the diamond in the rough and getting lucky, you know, pulling, you know, here and there and being like, wow, like something landed in our lap and we got lucky and, you know, you're going to get lucky a little bit playing the lottery, but I think we, we want to look at, you know, what the opportunities are in that getting before that, because again, that is a commodity that, that only so many people, yes, are going to come into. And with that also having a more diverse background. So, you know, I'm involved with the program, you know, we've co-founded co-founder of a group ride for racial justice. And we got um, through conversations, 25 start spots for, for athletes of color at the steamboat gravel race. And that was just, us doing the work, going out, talking with them. And, you know, we're, we're putting a lot of things um, into that to open doors. And so for me, you know, there's, there's only so much, you know, a group like mine, we've got, you know, five board members and we're doing what we can. We've got one of that and that's just taking a ton of time and energy from us. But I wonder what other layers, you know, from a higher uh, point within USA cycling that can help increase that talent pool from a more diverse, both, racially economically as well in into this program so, so that's Neil, a lot of questions couple, uh, and i'll ask jesse and and um, jim to add into this but a couple of questions i heard very clearly in there first of all our hope is to get this to where 20 percent of the the athletes are supported with full or partial scholarships that are meaningful to them people say well 20 percent is not enough it's not 50 i get it but that math in this work today I'll take 20% of kids that would otherwise not have access in a heartbeat. So yep. that's, that's where we've decided to start. Um, you know, the, the second part to your question is, I agree with you. We need an infrastructure 
and the guys on and women on my team have heard this, you know, we've tried to model ourselves a little bit like swimming. It's got its own issues, but there's infrastructure from the day a kid gets put in the pool at six years old all the way through. If you're a kid that either has aptitude or has talent or has both or has parents that want you out of the house all day, you can swim all the way through. And yes, it costs money at different points and whatnot, but the infrastructure's there. This sport doesn't have that. You know, most high schools don't have a program. NICA is by far the bright spot. They're still only in 31 markets, but they're making real advantages. We will be communicating very shortly a league-wide partnership with NICA. I don't want to, you know, say things I'm not in a position to say, but Steve and I have been working on it for quite some time along with a lot of other people, and it will happen. At that point, we're going to need to say, what else can we do? And how else can we fill in? And we're launching another program next year called Let's Ride, which is absolutely the opposite of bike racing. It is way at the bottom, putting kids in parking lots, mostly talking to their parents about how to make them safe, capable, and interested. But I'll tell you, even from there up, there's still a jump. So we don't have all of the, you know, we don't have the full grading system in place, but we got to start somewhere. And where I get really frustrated with all this online chatter is, you know, people are very quick to tell us everything we do wrong. But if we try to do anything differently, well, that's taboo because this sport has tradition and history. It's a broken sport. I mean, it's a beautiful sport. It's super interesting. But you, you know this at the pro level, if you don't have rich guys back in this thing, this sport doesn't exist. And, and I can't single-handedly fix that, but we can do our little part. And our little part is to get more kids riding bikes, get more kids understanding there's a sport here, and then giving them some channels if they want to grow to grow. And, and that's what we're starting. This is by no means a finish or sufficient, but we think both ODA, Let's Ride, and Free Juniors and a Nike agreement, we're going to talk to a heck of a lot more kids than we used to. Those are huge initiatives, and I'm really, you know, really happy to hear on, on those fronts that there is moving. Yes, there's still a gap between a it's Let's Ride and, a, and even a NICA, but, and a yep. NICA to, to ODA. But if there's, you know, starting here to that, there are steps and that's definitely- I mean, I tell my team this all the time that I think one of the things the, the governing body's done a horrible job on is leveraging our intellectual property. The logo of USA Cycling, the red, white, and blue on an athlete you know, I chuckle that the, the last uh, Velo News, you know, the, they'll kick the snot out of us all the time. But when they show athletes, and I mean this respectfully, they don't show them in trade dress. They show them in the red, white, and blue. Because that's when they resonate. That's when they resonate the loudest. And, you know, Kate can be as successful as she can for her trade team. But people really pay attention when they're in red, white, and blue. And I, I saw it firsthand last year when I had just come to USA Cycling and we put the development team into the tour of California and internally, this was before Jim was, was back. Our fear was, man, we don't want to break these kids spirits. We don't want to get them get spit out the back. And day one, Travis almost beats Sagan and the entire week they were the story. And that's the power of that Jersey. That's the power of the logo that Jesse has on. We need to be respectful and we need to treat it transparently, but it's a powerful, you know, uh, label if it stands for good that's what we want where we want to try to get to yeah and i was a uss swim coach uh, first which you know predates I mean, the usa cycling so i mean how many I little kids, 
process. How many little kids have USA Swimming backpacks at the local pool, and they wear that thing with pride. They're not part of USA Swimming, but they they feel like it, and that's what gets them interested. Yeah. You're still wearing a swim cap. Absolutely. You know it. <laughs> Hydrodynamic and aerodynamic, man. Right on. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask Andrew your question or to open the floor, and then um, Jesse, I want to get to you next. But uh, Andrea, so you work with Nika. You work with a bunch of juniors. Um, when I posted this on the internet, I didn't think I was going to get any traction. I was I was literally on my way home in a. 26 hour drive. And you were one of the first people to message me and be like, this is a cool podcast. This is a cool idea. I want to jump on. I want to chat about it. So what, you know, now that you've kind of heard Jim, Rob, you know, Neil, Jesse, pretty much everybody speak for that matter. It's like, what are, what are your kind of thoughts, especially going back to NICA and, and communicating with, with those, with those kids' parents and, and those kids and yeah, kind of what's your thoughts? I mean, good, bad, or indifferent. Well, I, I've got a bunch of thoughts, but I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, kind of what I have sort of, I'll make a sort of a blanket statement and then get to your question. Um, I just want to say, um, I get sport is expensive. Nothing's cheap. And at the highest level, absolutely. That's $10,000 is probably a reasonable tuition. Um, but it's not the answer to growing juniors and to grow the sport. And I think even at the start of this program, uh, Rob started out with saying this will grow juniors. Um, and I don't think that's the case. I definitely agree with what Jim said. Like this is the aim to the top. And, I, and I've and i been a fan of that for a long time. Jim and I, I have kind of tried to create all kinds of opportunities in that respect. Um, so I think sort of how it was presented um, wasn't awesome. You know, it's, it's not gonna grow the number of juniors in the sport. Um, you're looking at what, maybe 30 riders? Um, that's not much, I mean, as, as Neil was saying, I'd love to see more on the ground. You know, Nike is up and running. I'm wearing a VHS shirt. We're the largest uh, USA Cycling-based junior race program in the U.S. Um, and every year we write USA Cycling a check. Um, and it would be great to get some support. I'd love to see USA Cycling kind of give organizations like ours support, um, whether it's regional teams, regional camps, state teams, as I mentioned to Jim, um, more on the ground stuff where the real number of juniors can kind of get in to then get the taste of, ooh, I'm into this. I have some talent. I do want to take the next step. And that is the ODA. Um, but kind of getting to your question, this price tag will, you ask sort of Nike parents, believe me, like, the sticker shock value of, of cycling is, is pretty intense. And I see that all the time, especially with Nika. We charge $200 for the season and parents, they go, their eyes go wide. Um, you know, they get six months of insurance, four awesome races, amazing coaches, and they have a hard time swallowing $200. And, I, and we always have to say, you know, think of swimming, soccer, any league, you know, you hate to say it, but it is a little pay to play. Um, and as, as we all know, I'm sure cycling, we're not in it to make money. Um, you know, we've been running this VHS league for 10 years and I think we've put in like $30,000 of our own money for this. And I'm sure everyone on this panel has had, you know, similar experiences. We're all here for the love of the sport and getting more kids on bike, literally. Um, so yeah, I just, I would love to see USA cycling, 
kind of lifting up more organizations at the lower entry, not so much entry with you have the let's ride, but at that regional state level um, to, oh, to kind of give that kids the in-between to then say, hey, I want to go to the ODA. Like I want that next level, I want the aerodynamics. Um, and I guess sort of my specific question for you guys is, what happens to the kid that doesn't make it? Like what's in the, I hate to call it rejection letter, but I'd love to see the letter saying, all right, I recommend ABC, you know, go to this race, this race, this race, work on this. Like, I hope it's not just a, you're out, good luck. Um, what's gonna be sent to them? I, I mean, I think Andrea, you're asking questions that we can't answer yet. Um, because we haven't got there yet. I mean, we're building this program on the, on you know in real time, but I, I I will respectfully disagree. I think yes, if we can figure out how to get more money to grassroots, we're happy to do that. But the belief Jim and I have taken is that winning at the top is what gets kids interesting interested in creating stars. I and mean, it's been a long time since this sport had a star that anybody recognized. Uh, you know, very much, very much out of the already a cyclist community. And we need that. That's how sport grows. I don't care. You know, I've spent a long time in the running business. It was the same there. When stars rose up, little kids looked up and said, Hey mom, can I do that? And we want the answer to be hell. Yeah, you can. I, I definitely agree with that, but I think times have changed kind of even sort of having worked now with the Miller school, high school athletes and Nike athletes, like winning, Again, I'm all for winning. I'm 100% with Jim there, but like that's not what attracts kids anymore. They're really into like, you know, the amazing flips or enduro or whatever. I don't think they necessarily know who won. You know, they don't know who won the stage in the Tour de France, um, things like that. Well, unfortunately, sponsors too. Like, yeah. I mean, everybody's having to do this gravel thing to like, I mean, I have to race mountain bikes and gravel to race track. <laughs> like that's what I have to do. I mean, and so I love winning. Jim, you know I love winning. I hate losing. I hate it with passion. Um, like it, it, it ekes me at my soul. Like I, everything, I'm down to the second, right? And so, um, but yeah, like I kind of don't disagree with you on that front and the winning aspect of things in the sense of the cycling content and culture is changing into yeah. a point where. If you want to sponsor, you have to run a podcast. No, no, you have to tell a story. You have to run content. You have to tell stories. You have to get this stuff going. And so, yeah, I I, 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 I like that. I like kind of where that's going in the thought process. So, do you guys have any thoughts on that or uh, before we kind of. I mean, for for me, events and being seen in communities is also massive. It's not just the, like, I mean, if somebody's great, but they're never seen in your hometown or near you or on your local TV, like some way of, of impacting you. I think that's another thing when it, when it's being seen. And so that's like major events in the U S you know, that's a, that's another, again, total landmine and difficulty, but you know, I grew up where, you know, we had the, the tour de pont and, toward a, something else that I won't use the name of, but came in and out of my hometown. And that very well got me very interested in, in the sport and the U S pro in Philly, you know, was not far away and it was broadcast, you know, on, on like local television. So there was something that I saw that I never participated at that level in any way at that time, 
but it planted seeds that much later than we're, you know, ready to harvest in some yeah. way. Kind of quickly, Neil, on that note, boat, I think sort of the uptick in, in mountain biking, and I can't tell you like enduro and downhill, like kids are eating that up. And I always have to say to everyone, like, how do I grow this? I'm like, do what Red Bull is doing. Seriously, like, like you said, like if kids can see it, you know, they'll want it. Um, and yeah, so if that's a whole nother kind of ball game. No, yeah. 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 Um, Good. Well, I think it kind of goes down the front of the same thing with Red Bull in the sense of winning. Like when you see people going off jumps, like to a kid that's winning. So that goes back to Rob's yeah. point and it kind of all brings us back into that circle. That is winning. Like yeah. doing a backflip, that's winning. You're winning, in my opinion, right? On a bike. And, and so arena you are, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so it, 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 it's a win. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, anyways, Ima, go ahead. Uh, I would beg the argument that it's actually not winning because mm -hmm. there are a lot of winners that people don't like. Um, however, I do believe that it's more of a, the reason why Nike is succeeding so well in terms of the rapid amount of growth that they had recently has everything to do with the community that they're building not the fact that there are winners at each race. And I make that argument because I speak very frequently with the directors of the SoCal League, and they really don't care about the racing. They really don't. Their biggest priority is keeping the athletes interested in terms of creating a group environment. For sure. They're, yeah. they're more concerned about making making sure that it stays fun and winning is just something that happens through the races. Um, and, you know, I think like controversial as it is, Quinn Simmons wins. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, there are a lot of people who don't really look up to him. Yeah. And it's a, no. it's a pretty heavy point of contention around that. So yes, you may win, but at the end of the day, USA cycling's mission statement isn't, we're out here to win races to boost the sport it's to actually let me ask you this um rob or jim or jesse what is the mission statement of usc cycling you know we we have come up with some new language but i but um, i will will take issue with our job is to win I mean, we're complementary to NICA. I want to be. We're complementary to youth organizations. But Jim's the only guy I know who gets his his performance review published in USA Today every day for 21 days every four years. That is how it happens. And that's what the governing body is here to do. Now, I think in our past, we've done that at the expense of everything else. And I think that's one of the reasons why this industry and this ecosystem is so fractured. We need more kids in at the bottom so we can win at the top. And we have a role to play in every step. But the governing body is chartered by Congress to go out and win at the elite level at World Championships and Olympics. Where Nike is very much more about participation, which is why we should completely complement each other, but we have different missions. But I mean, they're not exclusionary. Yeah. However, they're not. Again, also, in my experience. That didn't answer sure. my question as well. well. What is the mission statement? It's to win at the elite level. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah. if I didn't and answer I, that. Yeah. It's, there, this is really, a, it's 
when you boil it down, it, there's is a dual purpose mission. One is to sustain international success, and one is to grow the sport of cycling in America. That that is our mission statement. You can you can write it any ten ways you want to write it, but that's what we're really trying to do. Um, I think okay. to to um, Andrea's discussion and, and yours, I'm a community is absolutely important, and it is absolutely is winning, and it is participation is important. In my level, at the world championship level, the Olympic level, the national team level, man, if I can get away with just building a community, sign me up because that's that's much easier to do than what I'm trying to do. Um, when you when you get down to levels, that's when there are multiple roles and multiple people have to play those roles, club teams, um, grassroots efforts, let's rise, bike rodeos. There, there's tons of these things and that that's where you get, you get roped into this. I mean, Trust me, I wasn't like this with my own kids. I mean, they played sports. I wasn't, I wasn't out there, the league parent banging the fence, yelling at the referee. I was like, hey, man, go out there, have fun, be a good loser, um, try your best, work hard, uh, don't quit. And, hey, whatever happens, we're driving home and we'll talk. We'll have a good they time. Did, they, they did have to upload it into Training Peak, so anyways, sorry, Jim, go ahead. <laughs> they, did wear, they did wear a lot of watch. <laughs> yeah, you know, an another example, um, a lot of our members uh, ask us why we're not more active on road safety. We're not built for that. I I'm, I'm pro road safety as a concept, but we're not built, funded to do that kind of work. So we need to work with PFB and the other people who do and try to elevate their agenda by showing up with them with athletes. But it's while it's in our collective world it's not in our direct charge that's not what we're built to do so i just use that as another yeah. example where we can't do it all okay um the reason why i had asked is i was hoping that you know like as the ceo um you know like you've been working at usc cycling for a while i'd hope that you know like the mission statement is something that you know you have in front of you during like your home environment as well as you know like we're working at home right now having the mission statement right in front of you it makes it really easy to understand like these are these are what usc cycling was created around and this is what we're looking to do yes there is the, the and to achieve sustained international racing success that's part of the mission statement and i like obviously winning is necessary winning is an essential part you know like you you look at the successful teams winning is an essential part of as to how they generate sponsorships x y and z right. but but uh, it's more than that. It's more than that because the second biggest source of funding comes from the Olympic Committee, and that's made that's based on winning and projected winning. So I do know the mission statement, and you know we're, we're talking about we champion cycling across three things: programs, participation, and performance. The programs are things like making kids membership free and putting Let's Ride out there. Participation is the support we give 2,500 events who couldn't go off without our insurance to make sure it can happen. And performance is what we're talking about here. ODA is part of making that a bigger pie. So I agree with what you're saying. I just, you know, we, we've tried to do, to do too little, I mean, to be spread too thin to get anything done. We need to get kids riding bikes and then we need to get them participating at the level they want to participate in so more kids can go and win at the world championship level. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that was, that was one thing, that was one thing I was going to say, just 
you know, being a little part of the team pursuit program, um, gold medals were like, that's what we were fighting for standards showing that we had potential. That was the only reason why I was able to come to the velodrome and train and do what I was doing. Um, and to win three national titles, go to several world cups. And so that's where my ODA thing kind of sparked in my head. Like, Oh, this is starting to make a little bit of sense because it's not the national team. So you're not there. It's not Lux. You're not getting funded, but what happens to that junior that's like in the middle off the cuff. And so I started to see, I'm starting to see it a little bit. Yeah. I'm thinking back when I was, you know, a fat little kid <laughs> trying to get into cycling. Um, my mom would have laughed in my face. Cause when I told him I was shaving my legs, they would have laughed in my face if I asked for 10 grand. So um, it probably wouldn't have happened for little fat John Croom at the time. Um, but, but that's okay. But anyways, you know, we're coming up on closing time. So I, I just want to chat with Jesse one more time and then we'll do one last, like, Hey, if you got it, if you got an urgent question, let's ask it, let's get it off the chest and then we'll do closing remarks. But Jesse, just before we get off, um, you, you got into the mud fund. You've been a part of that. Like you've been a part of this cycle cross thing. So you first handedly know what it's like to not have money um, and try to get a program to go, Hey, let's, let's try to make elite athletes, especially in a sport that's very European dominant, very, very Europe. Like that side of the discipline is very European dom dominant. So, um, what's your thoughts on this whole ODA thing? And like, um, yeah, what was your part in it? I guess more or less. Yeah. How much more time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's say, try to condense it because you know I'm, I'm wanting to get everybody to get like any last minute questions and i don't want to keep rob up any or jim up too long i'll try to keep this quick um you know there's been so much good stuff in this conversation and yeah i think a lot of different things have been mentioned and brought up some good questions been asked uh I would say we're actually scratching the surface, but there's still so much more below it. This is, this is the tip of the iceberg for this whole sport. Um, sure. This conversation has covered a lot. And I think it's pretty cool that the ODA is kind of in the middle of that. Um, I actually really loved everything that Andrea talked about and brought up, um, you know, like club racing, junior clubs, uh, racing leagues, all that stuff. Uh, it wasn't very robust when I was coming up. Um, but I did have opportunities in, in club racing and in, in local events and regional events up to national events, world championships. Like there's a progression there. Right. So, uh, I started in USA cycling races when I was 12 years old. And so the fact that the organization was, was there and hosting these races that had a point standing in, in new England and, uh, you know, had officials that we could rely on and all the things that make a USA cycling race, uh, what it is that's so important to the whole ecosystem. And that's kind of the backbone that we've built from the Olympic level down to the grassroots level. And Andrea, I don't have to tell you this, but you're, you're doing your part, like you're doing your job and we need you to do that. Like, I'm sorry, but I can't run that team in uh, West Virginia and neither can Jim or Robert. Um, you know, if, if we had the bandwidth to uh, run, a, run a club and a, and a race program, in every state and every region of the country. Yeah, we'd love to do that. Yes, um, you know, it's called Miller School. We named it after <laughs> Jim Miller. <laughs> right. 
he, he oh, telepathically man. coaches everyone at the school. His head uh, is growing over there next to the world championship jersey. It's just- and, yeah, maybe I was starting to get on a rant, <laughs> but look, it's it's a whole ecosystem. And that's that's where when we've been working on the ODA and obviously I've worked a lot on the cyclocross part of it, but I also uh, had a big part in this in building out the scholarship process and, and looking into some of that, too. Um, but the ODA is kind of in the middle. And, and as Jim mentioned earlier, our national team, it's small and it's pointy. Uh, and this ODA is a, le- is a layer below that. And it is kind of the feeding system to the national team. Um, if we don't extend that, this is a way to extend that. And if we don't extend that, like, like we said, we're going to keep going. Uh, as I believe Neil mentioned, we, we get a diamond out of the rough once in a while. And that's cool when you get someone who's really good that happens to make it. Uh, this is going to extend that one step lower. And at, at the same time, as Rob mentioned, we're starting with more programs like Let's Ride, like free junior memberships to, to build that from the bottom up. So we are starting to, to bridge the gap and to, to bridge those connections. Um, it's going to take time. It's going to take everyone to put their back into it. Uh, we're definitely doing that from here in one place in Colorado Springs. Uh, but that's kind of one thing as we build this ODA out is like, I have so much hope. And, and from where I sit and I talk to the cyclocross athletes about it, I get so pumped. And it's funny. I think uh, Ama asked how we felt when, when Fred's article came out. And I was just like, wait, what? someone could think something negative about this. Like, this is amazing. And I know it costs money, but trust me, I, I see the budgets that we spend and 10,005 for a semester. And, and what we're including that is that's a great deal. So I don't know if I kept that short enough, but there, no. there's just so much to it. And um, yeah, I, I think this is like connecting all these pieces and this is just one more piece to connect. No, that's perfect. And so like what we'll do is we'll kind of close it out. I know Ama has, has like one more question if you want to go ahead and get that out and uh, get that across. And then we'll see if anybody has anything else and we'll have some closing remarks. Um, but yeah, let's go from there. Um, I think the biggest hurdle that I have right now is just the diversity front, um, you know, like in the, in the inclusion. So, you know, I think Jim would have the best idea as to like the numbers, but, you know, you said you have 453 applicants. That's amazing. Um, you know, like if you're looking for 20% to have full or partial scholarships, you know, like that's, that's a great hope, but where are we at right now? You know, like actually having like, like hard numbers to see like, oh, okay, well, USA Cycling can actually fulfill 20%. And, you know, like, I'm not expecting you guys to have 20% right now, but if you guys are somewhere close, if you, if you guys are really far, then, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be really happy about you know, a program that will not be able to sustain having someone who comes from low-income communities having the shot there, you know? I, I agree completely. We won't be satisfied either. And um, Yeah, you know, so we, uh, would you guys happen to have the numbers? Well, we haven't made any selections yet. So that, that class of 450 is going to come down to 40 or 50 or 60, depending on what the size of the first class is. And our aim is to deliver a meaningful amount, aiming towards 20, to be on a degree of scholarship help. Yeah, we will be accountable to that okay. as soon as we name that first class. Okay. Um, and just to be sure, like that 10-5, does, that does not include flights either, right? Right. That's right. Okay, are there any other external costs that a family should be well aware of 
before they pull out their credit cards to pay for this program. No. No, because okay. what is it? What is it? It's 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 like. Can we get a list of it just so we have it on the podcast? Because that's that's yeah. one thing that I thought was was interesting about people posting about it. Because I was I was just thinking about coaching, Jim. I've called you about coaching, you know, and like I know I know what coaching costs, and so I get it. And like, there's some coaches that you'll pay ten thousand five hundred dollars for whatever you know it is. And so, what what do you get with ODA? I guess more or less because you get coaching. That's that's already a big cost. You get coaching. You get it's really sports specific, but you get strength and conditioning. You get a race calendar that is not going to be terrible. You're going to race your bikes. You're going to get training camps. <clears throat> You're going to get opportunities to train with with national team athletes in their training camps. You're going to get a chance for national team athletes to race with national team athletes, or when they come down and race, fill in. Uh, if you think you're going to get, you're going to get those opportunities. Um, we have, we have nutrition. We have nutritionists that'll be part of it. Uh, you'll come into this and you'll have an opportunity to, to have everything addressed. It, you know, it, now I will say that, that co- the thing with coaching and the thing with, with athlete development is it's not, uh, you do not paint a portrait in a week. This is, if you were going to paint a Monet, this is layers and layers and layers of paint on top of each other that take time to build and to, to make a, a beautiful image. Um, so it, it's not full gas, one week, boom, done like like it's uh, some sort of some sort of dream camp. But you, we will certainly address everything we can, and I think that is also part of the <clears throat> the art of athlete development is is. The, the primary thing you're missing may not be the primary thing that Evan's missing. We may need to address uh, your sports psychology, John, because you're half crazy. Evan's probably not. And maybe Evan just needs a bigger motor. Yeah. Um, what? That, that's, 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 <laughs> this is how yeah. it works. And this is why you, if you have access to good coaches, your, your progression can be, uh, can be sped up because they know what the next they, they have a great idea of what the next step is for you. Um, without great coaching, yeah, let's, look, let's do a test first. Okay, let's add on some nutrition. You're already skinny, but let's let's do that anyways. Um, I don't care about sports psychologists, and we're not going to talk about it. Uh, I don't really care that you're not flexible, so yoga, big deal, whatever. Um, you know, and it's, it's not to, to badmouth anybody. I think as coaches, we also develop, and we go through that. When Neil and I first started coaching, we weren't coaching world champions, Olympic, Olympic champions, real coaching. My first team that I coached was uh, a Colorado junior team. You know, if I look back at what I did then, I'm like, whew, I'm lucky that I didn't hurt anybody. Um, but that's how we also learn as coaches. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think that, uh, I think you're, I think our deliverables and, and our value to this, will far outweigh the cost sweet all right well well cool guys like i said i don't want to keep you guys all night so if anybody has any last minute questions um fairly quick (coughs) closing remarks uh that'd be great but hopefully we've we've brought to light what the oda is we got an idea of what the oda is we have an idea of what it's offering while yes it's it's a heavy price tag which i'm even still 
over here trying to stomach. I understand. Um, but even me as an athlete, I think even I'm a, you, you paid your flights to go to Europe. I think that was part of your post. Part of my post is, Hey, I paid, I paid to move. I lived in, I lived in somebody's basement. I'm not going to mention their name, but I lived in their basement. I, um, I also, you know, paid for my flights to come to every single camp. Um, there was times where I was told I wasn't allowed to stay at the OTC because, Hey, this is a, this is an elite program. This is an elite group. You didn't make the roster cut. And I begged and begged and I said, give me a chance, give me a shot. And that led me to three national titles. And that, that was the passion uh, that led me to a national record. Um, so I, I kind of get the ODA now. I get a little bit of it more than just the 10, 10, five. Um, so I'm glad we had this conversation, but does anybody have any like kind of closing remarks or anything? Uh, don't all go at once. So <laughs> yeah, go for hand. it. Um, well, I only post about myself crashing, so we're <laughs> clear there. Um, I guess my question is, how are you going to kind of make this opportunity known? You know, like I said, I work with NICA parents, and, and this is not on their radar. You know, I've we have now about 500 athletes in Virginia, and we've had like six or eight of them. You know, one is going world tour next year. Uh, so we've had six or eight of them really kind of want to go to that next step. Um, but they wouldn't have had a clue about anything if I hadn't sort of picked them out. So will there be some kind of, whether it's to NICA parents, NICA league directors, um, regional coaches, like, hey, this is the program, you know, please pass it on to whomever you see fit. Like, I hate to say, I only really learned about this through all the negative comments that were popping up and all the, we have to sort of giggle at the memes that popped up, it was <laughs> kind of funny. Um, but yeah, how are you going to kind of present this and, and sell this service to, to kind of everyone, the masses? Well, everyone's going to listen to the coffee and Vans chat. True. Now they know. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the, I was, I mean, I, I think based clickbait. On, you know, Jim's held a couple of, uh, you know, podcasts like this or, or zoom sessions to tell people and word of mouth in the infrastructure. I mean, I hope you guys walk away and tell people, Hey, I heard about this and it's not as bad as people would believe you, you know, it's not as bad as you read. And we need word of mouth in this industry, supporting each other. I'm amazed. I'm still new enough to cycling. I'm amazed at the way this ecosystem speaks to each other. It's stunning how freaking rude people are with half the information. And I, you know, and, and we're not going to contribute to that. We're going to try to take the high road every time. But I hope you go tell people, hey, this, there's something here for those six athletes that you referenced. There's something here for you. No, and exactly. It would be great to, to be at, like, that's why the relationship with Nike would be awesome to kind of have a tent at the national, the state championships. Well, Andrea, that's where we're going. I mean, we're, we are, I mean, I've been saying this for a year. We are that close to a deal being done. And then we'll be at every single Nike event across the country uh and and you know egging kids on if you're good if you want to there's paths that continue for you so i i mean i hope that's one of the outcomes john uh jonathan thank you for ha having me on here I'm, we hadn't met before yeah yeah thank and, you and you know we just got to support each other and and work together as an ecosystem this industry or this space has a huge opportunity right now sitting in front of it you know, I own a bike shop on the side on the weekends and, and the people walking in who have never biked before, it's fantastic. And they don't know any of the stories about how USA Cycling screwed up mountain biking in the 80s. They don't care. 
What they care about is, can I go ride my bike and, and can I do it with friends and, and can I get faster or better or bigger? We should be doing everything we can to figure out that the answer to that is yes. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. I think I think one thing that we've taken away from this too is is it doesn't sound like the ODA is like going to college in the sense that you don't you're not like this this is not where you go to go like to start cycling. This is where you go when you think, hey, I want to chase that next tier. I want to chase that next level, but I can't do it at the club level. Um, and that's kind of what I'm hearing right now. Um, and you know. It'll be interesting to see a junior national championship where hot tubes, Lux, and action aren't going one, two, three through 10. And then you have that next kid coming in, just <laughs> waddling across and he's stoked, but hopefully he's going to be in an ODA kit and in the middle of it all. Um, again, guys, thank you so, so, so much. Um, if you guys have any questions, uh, be sure to email me or, you know, if you guys want to continue the conversation, that's great. Uh, email each other. You guys are all on Zoom. And other than that, we'll see you next time, guys. Cheers. <laughs> Thank well, you. Thanks, Good to John. meet you all. Thanks for Thank your time. You, John. Good night. Thanks all. Thank